Hey, listeners, if you are thinking about divorce and concerned about your children, please go to my online parenting plan course. It will help you plan how you're going to parent through divorce and beyond. And I promise you, it will keep conflicts from erupting in the future while keeping you centered on your children. Check it out at lisakoski.com. Welcome to Doing Divorce Different. Join family law attorney turned mediator, Lisa Kosky, for candid conversations on how to alleviate the fear of divorce and how to heal through empowerment. Now your host, Lisa Kosky. Welcome listeners. I have a treat for everyone today. I have master life coach, relationship expert, seven time best-selling author, Sharon Pope. And Sharon, you don't even know this, but the reason that I know you is because my husband was a TikTok addict for a while. And he was like, hey, you got to check out this lady. And then listeners, you are going to learn so much. And she, and if you want to, if you don't already follow Sharon, find her, you're on Instagram, you're on TikTok, you have a podcast, you're all over the place. You're helping people make the decision to divorce, help their children through the process. And that's what we're going to talk about today. First, of course, we're going to get your authentic story. And then we're going to get into a little bit about how do you know if it's time to stay or go? And we're going to talk about the kids. That's basically, and I'm so excited to get to know you better. I know I'm going to learn so much and just become better at what I do. So Sharon, you are a big deal and (laughs) thank you. You are. And I appreciate you taking the time to be here. Honest to God, welcome. I love it when men find my work. I think it's fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) And they turn their wives onto it. I love that so much. (laughs) Yep. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you inviting me on. Of course. And can you just share what led you down the path to help people with divorce or relationships? And Yeah. So 14 years ago, I was in my first marriage. And that already tells you how that ended. Um, (laughs) But I had been married to just a good, kind human being for 12 years when it was all said and done. And when I was in the stay or go decision, I didn't know that there was help available. I don't, maybe there was, I wasn't aware of it. So not surprisingly, I did a lot of things. I don't say wrong, but where now I look back now having all these tools, I look back and go, wow, I could have done a lot of things better. So when I got into coaching, my coach at the time very wisely said to me, what do you want to talk about all day? Because everyone said, you should go into executive coaching and all this, because that was like my background. I was in marketing for 20 years Mm -hmm. before I ever got into coaching. And I said, all I want to talk about is love and relationships gone wrong. And that's what I could talk about all day. And she's excellent. That's where we're going. (laughs) And so we went there. But honestly, I don't sit here from a perspective of being on a pedestal of you should do it like I did it. You should be like, I actually am like, you know what? Don't make the same mistakes that I did because I didn't have any tools. Do better. Learn from my mistakes so that you can do better. And fortunately for my husband and I, the stakes were pretty small because we didn't have children together. We've been together 12 years and we both had good careers. So we could divide things really peacefully and just move forward. We used a mediator. You did. Wonderful. And it was 
smooth and it was peaceful and we're both remarried and happy and we've moved on and it's a lovely thing. It doesn't have to be a horrible thing. I thank you for saying that because that is when I want to get on my soapbox and let mm -hmm. everyone know that. Mm -hmm. And I love that you are taking something that you went through and sharing it with the world mm -hmm. and helping them learn from what maybe not mistakes, but things that you learned along the way. Mm -hmm. And I love that your first marriage ended peacefully because I always tell people how you end one thing is how you begin another. And so you, it sounds like both you and your ex-spouse are in happy marriages. And I think part of that is probably because you handled the divorce so well. Like I said, I, there's a lot of things that I would do differently. <laughs> Knowing what I know today, I would do a lot of things differently. I was fortunate that he was also just a kind-hearted person that just didn't want, I didn't want to hate him. You don't have to, there's this idea that if we love each other, we have to stay together. And if we don't stay together, we have to hate each other. And yes. those are two very separate things. You can actually love someone and still choose to not be in your most intimate relationship yes. with them. And you in can fact, not be in a relationship with them and not hate them. You yes. can wish them well. Like I love that he met someone that thinks he is the cat's meow. I love that for him. He deserves Aww. to be loved like that. Like we all do. That's yeah, that's remarkable. And I think you didn't have kids, but it would be especially helpful for children to see their parents be able to behave that way. Come on. If you have children, you are going to be in one another's lives forever. Mm -hmm. So why do you want to be in each other's lives when you hate each other? You don't. Right. And then, by the way, you just put your kids in the middle of it. So I love how our industry is helping people do this differently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, because it's so needed. If yeah. you just leave people to their own devices with their ego and their fears and the scarcity mentality and not knowing what to do and just all their hurt and pain, and they're just going to act from that place. Mm -hmm. But when you can start equipping them with how to do it really well, boy, does that benefit your whole family. And that change, I think, this is why I love to talk about kids, that changes generations. Yes. Because think about how your kids will think about marriage if you if their parents hate each other and then what their relationships will be like and what they will teach your grandkids someday. Yes. Like this is generational stuff. Like how yeah. you do this really matters. Yep. I love that you brought that up. And in fact, that was one of the questions I had written down to ask you at the very end was about that ripple effect, but you just answered it. Mm -hmm. So now I want to go back to sometimes there are listeners listening in who are in that really difficult spot where they don't know mm -hmm. if they should stay mm -hmm. or go and they can mm -hmm. get your book, which yep. will be in the show notes. Yep. But can you give us some little, without giving away the whole book, give us some tools mm -hmm. or things that they can think through? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say the biggest way to think about this, and it's a methodology approach that I use, which is the one way to know today that the relationship isn't working for you in some capacity. Mm -hmm. Some, it's a really extreme capacity. It's not working for me. And some are mildly irritated on the rumble strip, time to pay attention kind of thing. Yeah. But, but if you go into it, the one way to know is that if you get equipped with real tools and then you genuinely try, 
So a lot of times people will say, Sharon, I've been trying for years. I've been trying to make my marriage feel better because of course, when your marriage doesn't feel good, you want it to feel good. So you try, but what we try is based on what we have in our toolkits. And if you think about it, we come into marriage with precious little in that toolkit outside of what we experienced by watching our parents growing up and they didn't have any tools or training either. So everyone's just out here doing the best they can and screwing it up. Right. Not unintentionally making mistakes because they just don't know. No one's ever taught them. There was no class on like how to create and sustain a loving, healthy, connected marriage for, I don't know, four or five decades together. It's interesting because I've been married for 32 years and oddly enough, I'm not really Catholic anymore. I'm a Christian, but we did go through marriaging marriage Mm -hmm. classes Mm -hmm. and I think that they did help. I think it was something yeah, um, to help us. But Sharon, do you teach couples who are thinking, where do couples go? That just popped into my head. That's yeah. something some people need. I literally, so for one of my clients, I have done that for her children because her, her son was in a very serious relationship and now he's married. And so for the two of them, because it was a client, I did that. But honestly, People tell me that sometimes like you should talk to people before they ever get married. You should train them. But the problem is, and this is just human nature, is that we don't do the things that we should do. We don't get equipped to solve problems we don't have. We wait until we have the problem. And then we're like, okay, now I have a problem and now I need to solve it. So no one's looking like they go to their church or something of right. for, for premarital counseling. There's a huge difference between our someone ex- teaching us through words and us having that life experience. Yeah. That's right? true for anything. It's just like your kids. You, t- yep. you, you want to tell your kids what to do. It's not going to matter. They've got to yep. go do it. And as you're sitting here talking, I'm thinking about father Malone who had never been married. <laughs> What's yeah. teaching us. I mean, like the, there's some very good advice. Continue to date your wife. Yeah. Like, treat each other as if it's not a done deal. And don't just put the marriage over on a shelf when you get married. Don't treat it like an accomplishment because once you get married, we think we're at the finish line because we found our person and we're now with them and we're going to have a family. We're going to have a beautiful life. And that may be true, but you are at the starting line, my friend. (laughs) And things just got real. And now we need, as you come up on these things, yes, it would be helpful to have some tools in advance, but really and truly, it's just human nature. We wait until there's a problem before we really seek answers. And I have to drop this one little tool in that they gave us. They did. We heard this, mm-hmm. that couples that prayed together, whatever that looks like for you, yeah, only had a 2% divorce rate. I don't know mm-hmm. what the study was behind that, mm-hmm. but I do think that helps because that's just being a united front. Well, probably. It's, yeah, it's being a team. It's showing genuine care for your partner mm-hmm. when you're praying for your partner. That shows like real love and genuine care. And honestly, anything that you are doing that is consistent and it's investing into the relationship Mm -hmm. is only going to help you. But many of us, once we get married, we pour all of our time, attention, love and energy into what's next. And that might be building a business or a career. It might be starting a family and creating a home. But, and then that's where our love and attention goes because the marriage isn't a problem. Right. It's fine. We're still honeymooning. We're a few years in. It's all fine. But then we have kids. And then when all of our attention and love and energy goes towards that, years later, now we wonder why the marriage is suffering because we haven't given it any attention. 
and we the kids are thriving, <laughs> families doing right. it, but the marriage isn't feeling close anymore. And that's when things start to go like this because no one ever really told us like heads up, you cannot disregard your marriage when kids come around. Kids are <laughs> kids need you. They need yeah. to be prioritized, but you cannot leave scraps and crumbs for your marriage and expect that because that's the foundation of your family that you're building yeah. everything on top of. And so when you let the foundation just go to hell. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that of course we're struggling. Of course yep. we are. And I think I'm going to be really blatantly honest. I don't think I did a good job of um, nurturing the marriage. Mm-hmm. I was really into the kids and you're, just... you're in survival mode for crying yeah. out. <laughs> yes. But I do want to talk to you about something. And my marriage, it's been a long one. It's a good one, but it isn't perfect. And I've had my moments where I've thought, I don't know if I don't know if this is right. I don't know if I can, where I'm, you're starting to question things. And I remember banging my head against the wall, trying to get my husband to do something to make the marriage, read a book about how to do this so that Mm -hmm. we get along better. And I was trying to get him to do stuff and he was like not doing it. And it was driving me insane. And I, you hear of, you talk about that investment. Mm -hmm. I think I could have been led away because I didn't think he was investing, but then Sharon, what kind of saved, not that we were not going to say it saved our marriage, but what made it a lot better was finally like COVID hit. And I (laughs) went, Whoa, I need to work on my head. Mm -hmm. And I got a coach Mm -hmm. and I started working on myself. Yeah. And this is what I keep telling my clients, just take a little bit of time, put in one last ditch effort and Mm -hmm. work on yourself because as soon as, and I'm not saying it happened right away, it's been over a two year process, but as I began to love myself, Mm -hmm. as I began to put boundaries up, Mm -hmm. the resentment went away and he was very um, responsive. He was... And I was, so sometimes I tell my clients, even just putting the work into yourself can save your marriage, even if they seem like they're not going to be a part of it. Not even, I would say that's the linchpin to it. Because if you think about it, one of the reasons why we struggle in our relationships is because there is this underlying feeling that my partner, if my partner would be different, I would feel better. Yep. Because if they would just change this, if they would start doing something that they're not doing, or if they would stop doing something that they are doing, then I would feel better about this. So they just need to change. And we've all read this enough that we know intellectually, like you can't actually change another human being. Right. They can change, but you wanting them to change is not enough of a motivator because guess what? <laughs> Everyone on the planet wants you to be someone who they need you to be so they can yes. feel better. And so it never, ever works. But in every situation, someone's got to lead. And for better or for worse, I think it's actually better. Like women take the lead Mm -hmm. on their relationships because when it comes to the hierarchy of what creates women's happiness, the quality and health of our relationships is at the top of that hierarchy. Mm -hmm. For men, they've been socialized very differently than women. For some of them, relationships might be at the top of the hierarchy. For some of them, it might be more like success and accomplishment. And there's nothing wrong with that, but we just have different priorities. And so whether we like it or not, like women have been the caretakers and nurturers of the quality of the relationship. So we're the Mm -hmm. first to notice when it's starting to go south. We're the first to go out and seek answers. 
and want to get things changed. But the problem is the way we go about it is you're the one that needs to change. Here, read this book, listen to this podcast, do this thing, because we're not willing to look at ourselves, which is, by the way, the only person we have any ability to change. But nobody thinks they're the problem because it's not really a problem. It's It's not really that you are the problem, but it was my thinking that was causing it and my lack of setting up boundaries. And so then I tell my clients, at the very least, if you do this work on yourself and you're still ready to move forward because it's not what you want, Mm-hmm. you're going to be so much stronger. You're going to be able to use this as an opportunity. It's just a win to do that work. You take yourself with you. If he, it, this is the problem. Yes. When people say like my, he's the problem, like some version of that, or they think mm-hmm. that then if I get rid of him and I'm speaking from the female perspective here and have right. relationships, obviously, but I get rid of him, he's problem solved. But then they go on to the next relationship. And I don't know, you probably know this better than I do, but Second marriages end at a much higher rate. And third marriages ended like in the 73, 74 range. So why is that? Because we keep thinking someone else is the problem, but we take ourselves with us. So when you work on yourself, starlings, you take yourself with you, but what you will create in the future will look and feel very different than what you created in this relationship because you are now different. So it's the linchpin for everything is working on yourself. Know thyself first. (laughs) Amen, sister. And I just, I, that would be the one thing I would wish for Mm -hmm. this audience to, and there's so many resources. It's awesome if you can afford a coach. That was great Mm -hmm. for me, but coaches have podcasts. There are books. Mm -hmm. There's so many resources available. Tons. And there's plenty of ways to consume it, right? Yes. There's books which require you right? I always say like I've written nine books, but so crazy. if books alone solve the problem, there's more than 400,000 relationship books on Amazon today. If books alone solve the problem, would we have the divorce rates that we do? No, we would not. So it requires you to take, you're holding yourself accountable yeah. all the way up to, I want one-on-one private coaching, right? And there's tons of ways in between courses and memberships and all this stuff. Like yes, you can figure out what, where your sweet spot is, but there's so many resources available. It's just a matter of how much handholding you want. It's like a personal trainer, right? You don't go to a personal yes. trainer because you don't know how to press start on a treadmill or how to pick up a uh, right. <laughs> right. You go because you want someone holding you accountable and pushing you further than you would go if you were on your own. Yes. Same thing. Which is interesting because I feel like I've been trained as a coach now. And mm-hmm. so I know how to coach, but I still need my coach. Oh, which I is just what you just said. Yeah. <laughs> you got someone has got to help me see my blind spots because everyone has mm-hmm. them. Yeah. There's, yep. no, there's no shame in that. Yeah, yep. I will always have a coach because I have high expectations of myself. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Agree. Agree with you completely. Okay. So now I want to, we're getting a little bit towards the end and I want to talk about those kids because they are so precious to me. Yep. And if we can just talk about, I, I saw something in your bio about you can actually help them to thrive Yeah. through this. Give us some tools for that. All right. So- If we come into marriage only with what we saw growing up at home about what love and marriage looks like, our kids are doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. So if what they're seeing at home is not 
the kind of love and marriage example of what you would like for them to see or that you want them. I always ask my clients, would you want your daughter to be in a relationship like yours? And they always say, oh, heavens no. And I'm like, then why are you making it okay? Why are you telling yourself it's okay when it is clearly not okay with you? So we either have to change it and make it feel good for where you are today. We have to evolve the relationship so it feels good from a Mm -hmm. new vantage point, or we have to lovingly release it because we think it can't evolve. But the only way to know is to really try. So wouldn't it be better for your kids to to say like, look, love and marriage is hard, but we're still in it to win it. Like we're still fighting for it. We're still reaching for it. Or if we decide that we just want different things now, then how do we do this in the most gentle, loving mm-hmm. way possible? So the kids are so important. And there's one tool that I like to bring up when it comes to, let's say that you make the very painful decision to end your marriage. Every single parent on the planet thinks about what is this going to do to my kids? And one of the things that you can do, what they want to know is, am I okay? Am I going to be okay? Because we are all self-interested. Our children mm-hmm. show us this every day. Yes. <laughs> say, Learn from puppies and babies. They're very, <laughs> And so what they want to know is, am I okay? And so it really helps for you to lay out, here's all the things that are going to change about your experience. Like this can be like, who's picking you up from school or where you're spending the night, week on, week off, whatever it is, make that list, but then also make a list. And it should be three times as long of all the things that are not going to change about their experience. So good. You're still going to have the same like breakfast every day. You're still going to go to the same school. You're still going to have the same friends. You're still going to be on the same baseball team. Think of every single thing you possibly can that is not going to change about their experience because they're going to go into fear of the unknown. This is new to them. So when you start to put, this is what you can expect around the conversation. Now it calms the fear, but I'll tell you what, I have clients where their kids are thriving after divorce in a way that they weren't when they were still in their marriage. So I'll give you an example. One of my clients, she, her kids were maybe, I'm going to say like 11 and 14. So like young teenager. Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. And her daughter, who was the 11 year old, would go to her dad's house and she had become a vegan and she would go to her dad's house and he would never have anything for her to eat. And she went to her mom and she's mom, can you tell dad to get stuff for me to eat? Cause he won't have stuff around the house. And she, in her infinite wisdom said, you know what, darling, I could do that. But what would be even better is for you to be able to express that to your dad, because I know that he wants you to feel comfortable mm-hmm. coming to his house. So she's, so she invited her to not like, I'm going to step in the middle of this and say, be the savior and make this better. She learned how to set a boundary for herself of dad. Here's what I need. Yes. And oh my God, I wish I would have learned how to set boundaries for myself at 11. I, I was like 45 before I learned how to do that. <laughs> And there's an, ex- yeah, I was older than that. I was a grandma. <laughs> what a gift that at 11, she's learning how to set boundaries and that you're allowed to, even with your parents, you're allowed yeah. to say, this is what I need. And this is what works for me. And this is what doesn't work for me. You're allowed. And Sharon, what I like is that you just gave a story that can be so reassuring to parents because actually 
if you didn't go through the divorce, you may not ever really develop that tool. So that's where it's a gift. Yeah. And I love that. And I knew I would love talking to you because that little trick you gave me, I hadn't heard before Mm -hmm. about writing it all down, writing all the things that are going to change and all the things that are not. And I cannot help but put a little plug in here for I have this parenting plan course. It's really reasonable on my website. You can use it in your divorce paperwork in any state, but it allows you to go through together and plan your kids future. It goes through the schedule, but it goes through more like introducing a significant other. So many things that you may not think about, but it's just all part of the planning together. Oh my gosh. It's so important. I have a good friend who she went through a divorce and she had little ones at the time. And she said this to me and I share it with my clients where she said, you will be challenged a thousand different times around this idea of Oh, I love my kids. I would walk in front of a bus for my kids. There is nothing I wouldn't do for my kids. Will you be kind when you don't feel like your partner is being kind for your kids? Will you love their partner and be open and accepting of their new partner when they show up to Christmas dinner? (laughs) When you don't like her or whatever, like you say you'll do anything for your kids. Will you do that? Will you do this? Yes. Do this kindly and gently. Will you be kind and gentle? when you feel like you're not being dealt with that way. So you're going to be challenged in this. And if you can keep going back to, do I really mean this? I'm really going to do what's best for my kids. And if you are, then let that be your guide. That is magic. And it's just being intentional Mm -hmm. and aware. And I always like to say, if you mess up one time, give yourself a hug because it's hard. Yeah. And and be aware of it. And then you have the chance to go back and do it again. I love that tip too. Every day. Those are amazing. Yeah. Amazing tools and a different way to think about it that I love. That's going to help people. Okay. So now I'm seeing the time is ticking away and we're at the end. And Sharon, I'm in my, I'm in my horse barn. So I always say I'm going to rein it in at the end and we're going to get a key takeaway from you. You've already given us so many tools that we can use, but is there anything, any key takeaway or piece of advice, something the audience can do right away to have a better life? So I'm going to share something with you that I just call borrowed courage. So this is something that my, my clients and my group are, they all do this. It's create, find, let's say this, find a community of people who are walking through this with you because your friends and family love you but they are not navigating divorce. And so they have no frame of reference or they only have their frame of reference. And Mm -hmm. their divorce went a certain way with certain dynamics doesn't mean that's going to be your story. So it could be completely irrelevant. You need people, a group of people who are walking through this at the same time, because what will happen is you will see someone doing a really hard thing, like telling their kids or having a difficult conversation with their spouse or setting a boundary. And what you'll do is you'll borrow their courage and you'll be like, you know what, if they can do that, I can do this. I can do this one next thing that's in front of me. And if you don't have that community, then what I would invite you to do is write down three things that you've done that are really hard. Because I'm going to tell you what, if you are a woman (laughs) in this country and you're a mom, (laughs) you have done some hard things. Okay. Giving birth. That's hard. (laughs) Hard. Like you've done plenty of hard things. Write down three of them so that you can remind yourself, like, I'm strong. I'm brave. I'm resilient. 
There's plenty of hard things I've done. This is hard. Yes, but I can do hard things. I do it all the time. Yep. Just remind yourself. I love that. I love that thought. And it's believable when you are picking from what you've done. So that that is great, great advice. And Sharon, if people want to find you, where's the best place? Like I said, we'll have it in the show notes. You are all over. You can find me. (laughs) It's pretty easy to find me, SharonPope.com. But if you want to go, the best place I would recommend is you go grab my book and you can go to SharonPopeBook.com. Okay, perfect. Listeners, go grab it. We just we just got some little tools right now that are going to help us. I know there's a lot more in that book. I'm getting it today as well. So Sharon, thank you so much. I really appreciate all your thoughtful information. I appreciate the work that you're doing, and I appreciate you taking the time to be here with me today. Thank you. I've loved being here. Thank, thank you. you. Take good care. All right, you too. Thank you for listening to the Doing Divorce Different podcast. Connect with us at lisakoski.com and sign up for our newsletter.